Welcome. This is Victoria Schnepps and the Power Woman podcast. And I am thrilled to bring to you today a true power woman, Carolyn Maloney, who is our Congresswoman for the east side of New York, for Long Island City, for Astoria, for Williamsburg, and Greenpoint. She's got a lot of work on her hands. Mm-hmm. Welcome, Carolyn. Well, thank you, Vicki Schnepps, for having me. And I do have a triborough district, and uh, it's a lot of work and a lot of challenge. Well, I think you've been successful for how many years? Well, 20 plus. 20 plus. <laughs> well, you know, I think that that proves that you've been accomplishing things, and that's what's made people want to support you. So I know that growing up has a big impact on who you are today. Who do you recall having an impact on you growing up years? The the biggest impact on me was my, my grandmother. I absolutely adored her. And she was just uh, perfect in my eyes in every way. She had a very unusual life. Uh, she was the mother of six children. And during the Depression, her husband died. And on his deathbed, he said to take his trucks from his building and construction company, uh, buy coal with his life insurance policy, and start a coal business. She said she didn't even know how to do anything but spend money. All of a sudden, she's broke with six children. So she founded the Clegg Coal Company in Greensboro, North Carolina, and uh and was extremely successful. She headed the North Carolina Council of the Arts, and it was during the time where uh, women were not supposed to work. Uh, she always was very feminine and said, my husband died, so I, I founded my company. Uh, but she, she was very successful, and she inspired me because looking at her, work looked like fun, work like, like uh, a challenge and a way to contribute. Uh, She said uh, she had many meetings in her home, and there was one organization, the Business and Professional Women's Organization, that she had a very strong feeling for. I asked her, and she said that when her husband died, it was her friends, her female friends, who saved her because they would tell all their friends, you've got to buy coal, buy your coal from Christina so she can feed her six children. So I've always been a strong supporter for women's rights, women's empowerment, and women's organizations uh, because they are there to help women. I I saw how my grandmother was helped, and I saw how she was such an important person. She was head of the Clegg Coal Company. She was head of the North Carolina Council on the Arts. She was an accomplished artist, too, and the mother of six Wonderful well, children. I think, you know, that certainly is a role model to be admired and certainly to be modeled after. And I know that your journey, you were like, oh, I was a teacher originally. So how did you go from teaching to Congress? Well, when I w- was growing up, there weren't that many opportunities for women. I thought my choices was to be a teacher or a nurse or a librarian, and I chose teaching. So I came to New York, and I was teaching in East Harlem. And the program that I was teaching for, it was called the New York City Welfare uh, Education Program, and it trained women and men on welfare to get an eighth grade equivalency diploma or a high school diploma. The program was great. People were getting jobs. They were getting off welfare. 
and I, I was very inspired. And remember when you were 20 years old, you felt like you were going to change the world. I was going to go to Harlem. We were going to end poverty, and I was working for this program, and it lost its funding. The state of New York cut its funding, and it was funded a third by the state, a third by the city, a third by the federal government. So my first election was that the Harlem district elected someone to go to 110 Livingston Street, the head of the Board of Ed, to represent their interest in refunding the program. And I got elected. To this day, I don't know what they saw in me, but I was thrilled. That was my first election. And we decided we would go to Albany and lobby. So we went down to lob, uh, lobby in Albany. We had these buses carrying people down. We went back to the buses, and everybody was depressed because no one had gotten in to see their people. I had gotten in to see all the people. They'd given me a plan and all of this. So it ended up that I became the lobbyist for the program, for the education program. We refunded the program. We um, did a great job in uh, helping it, all the teachers working together to make it sure it was refunded. But through that experience, you could see the influence of government. All of a sudden, the chancellor's calling me, what's happening in Albany? <laughs> and and uh, a, a legislator who really cares about education has more power than the chancellor in terms of funding and setting educational goals and, and visions for the future. Uh, so I wanted to go back and work in government which I did. I went back. I worked for Eddie Lehner. He was the chairman of the housing committee. And then I quickly got promoted to work for two different speakers and the Democratic leader of the state Senate. And uh, when you work for someone, you become a leader because everybody comes to you to solve the problems. And people started asking me to run for office. They redistricted my neighborhood. And and uh, asked me to run. I ran for wherever they drew me. I, I've, I've never lost an election, Vicki, ever. Coming up is her election for Congress in, 19, in 2020. Mm -hmm. So I know that you have achieved much. And today was a very exciting day because it was the Kosciuszko Bridge opening for the second part of the bridge. And I want you to share with our listeners what it was that you were able to raise to allow that bridge to happen with the governor's help. It, it was a thrilling day because it's now the best bridge, not in New York City, not in New York State, but probably in the whole country. Nine, nine lanes. It's beautiful. It's modern. Uh, but it used to be the worst bridge. And uh, when I first represented the neighborhood, we started working on trying to get it repaired. It had more accidents on that bridge than any other bridge in the whole state. And, and there were long lines. It was built many years ago when Newtown Creek was a sailing port for, for tall ships, and it, it never was built to be part of a major highway. It was built to connect Queens and Brooklyn, which it still does, but it, it was falling apart. And uh, this new bridge, I, I worked hard, and we secured $670 million in federal funds, wow. which was 88, 85% of the project. It was built by New York State. They did a brilliant job, everyone, the workers, the managers, the governor. And this bridge was built on time and under budget, which is a great achievement. Four years before, it was supposed to be completed. Well, so but I we had a lot to celebrate. That you have celebrated, but you are on to the next project. Share with us about what you see as your vision, what must happen with the next infrastructure project. 
we have a major infrastructure project that's taking place now. And uh, working with many people, the New York delegation and others, we secured over $4 billion in federal funds. And what this will do, the LIRR is overcrowded and at capacity. It will create more lines coming in through Queens into Grand Central. And in the plan, we had an EIS statement and a stop in Queens in Sunnyside Yards. But that they're building the subway. We've, they've already spent $4 billion in federal funds, and they're connecting the two and modernizing Grand Central. But we need a Grand Central Queens. We need a stop so in Queens. So what can we do to foster this and to support it and to have our voices heard? Well, we, we need to start a petition. We need to write all of our elected officials, particularly our governor and our mayor and our president. We need to get the funding because if we don't get the stop now, we'll never get it. And think of what the economic development would be if you had a stop in Queens and the convenience and, and, and for the Queens residents mm -hmm. to be able to get out to the country, to get into the city and back, to just be able to move around between the boroughs would be so important. So and I, it drives me crazy yeah. that to think that this this beautiful line is being built, yet we don't have a stop in Queens. Now, there is $78 million in the MTA plan. We need to push the MTA to start spending that and planning for it. The mayor put in $11 million to plan for it. I truly believe, and I, I say this sincerely, I do not think that there is anything with the least amount of money that could have the biggest the, the biggest impact on quality of life, on economic development, on convenience of our residents than having this stop. Why build this beautiful line going right through all of Queens if you don't have a stop to be there to serve the Queens people? Right, Vicki? Well, I think, you know, not only that, but somewhere there are plans to build on the Sunnyside Yards. So this really would have a huge impact if there was a stop there at that location. So we also know that there are a few other little projects you have supported over the years. Can you kind of bang off of me one, two, three, some that have been your favorite projects? Well, I, I love infrastructure. Infrastructure is in my DNA. It's one of the things I love to work on. It's good jobs. It's an investment in the future, and it's an investment in our city. When I ran for Congress, I, I wanted to build the Second Avenue subway. It had been planned for 100 years. Can you believe that? 100 years, and they had built parts of it, but it, whenever there was an economic downturn, they took all the money away. So I was determined to build it. I worked on it every single day and finally got uh, over a billion dollars, $1.4 billion to start the Second Avenue subway. And it was completed between 96th Street and 61st Street. So we now need to build up to 125th Street. Uh, the first project I worked on was connecting Queens in Manhattan. It was the so-called Tunnel to Nowhere that was started on 63rd Street to connect right near Queens Bridge mm -hmm. and be the F train connecting Queens and Manhattan. It wasn't completed. We got $600 million from President Clinton. We connected that. It's serving uh, the public. We got uh, these cameras in to make sure that the stations were safe for the F train. Uh, and now, when the L train was destroyed with, with uh, Hurricane Sandy, we have over a billion going into the L train to help modernize it 
And then the really big one is the Queen, the Queens Manhattan Connector from the LIRR into Grand Central Station, which then is modernizing all of Grand Central Station. And uh, $300 million to straighten out the tracks in, in the Harold Interlocker yards because uh, that that's, should be a transportation hub. And we saw it as a, a down payment on high-speed rail between uh, Boston and New York. Nothing would grow these economic centers more than high-speed rail between those two centers. Those are some of the areas with the New York delegation after Sandy destroyed so much of our waterfront. Uh, we got uh, $300 million for resiliency planning on how to plan for the next storm to protect our neighborhoods and our people. Those are a few of my infrastructure all projects. Right. You <laughs> add it all up, it's over $10 billion going wow. into all three boroughs that I have the great privilege of representing. And jobs, jobs, jobs. Absolutely. It's good-paying union jobs. It uh, pays well, those jobs, and and investing in your infrastructure. If you're not investing in your infrastructure, you're not investing in the future of New York. And a strong infrastructure is a strong city. The well, opening of the bridge today with, uh, with uh, Kathy Nolan and uh, Joe Lintall and Governor Cuomo and the fact that we built it here in the great state of New York on time and on budget. So now I want to ask you, you have seen success on top of success. What advice would you give other women to be successful? I would say that you should pray to God <laughs> to give you a passion. Because if you have a passion, then it's never work. It's fun. It's exciting. I wake up every day. Oh, boy, I get to go to work on my infrastructure projects and for the great city of New York and the great country that we live in. I wake up and say a prayer and thank God that I was born in America, that I'm in American and I can be part of this great country. Um, all of our ancestors came as immigrants, including mine, but it is a great, great country. And uh, I would say that if you have something you really want to do that you feel you can contribute and be part of, uh, then it's always fun and, and it's, it's uh, exciting. And, I truly do believe that there is no profession that is more rewarding than public service if it's done honestly, uh, with great commitment and fairness. So I am grateful to have the opportunity to serve uh, three boroughs in the United States Congress of America. And thank you. Well, listen, I am thrilled that you were able to come in and to have this uh, wonderful talk. And I know that your passion is as rich and as strong as ever. And hopefully we will look forward to you continuing to serve and have more projects to be able to talk about and come back again soon. Thank you. This is Carolyn Maloney, who's been talking with us, the Congresswoman from Astoria, Long Island City, the Upper East Side, Williamsburg and Greenpoint. And the Lower our, East Side. And the Lower East Side. <laughs> must not forget that mm. booming area. And so this is Victoria Schnepps, publisher of Schnepps Media. And to say to you, tune in again next time. Bye. <laughs>